They said that starting a team in NASCAR was not a worthwhile endeavor, and I took that personally. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Very good, RJ. Very good. Hi, guys. Dre Harrison back at it once again. Welcome to episode 267 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbor host, Dre Harrison, as always. Uh, we're all tired, so th- th- let's get the intros out of the way quick for the second part of this doubleheader. Hello, RJ O'Connell. Uh, my rejected suggestion for the intro uh, would would have been uh, contact tracing. There is no substitute. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sore subject with one of our co-hosts. Uh, you could probably guess which one. I'll give you a hint. I didn't watch Le Mans this week. Um, <laughs> it could have been any one of the Cap- other three of us. I love how you say yeah, this week a- like we do multiple Le Mans every week. <laughs> we can do them on Project Cars 2 anytime <laughs> we please. Um, uh, was that person Cam Buckley by any chance? Buddy, it's it's okay. You were feeling you know, so. It's gonna be all right. You know, I'm just I'm ready for I'm ready for this year to end and to move on to 2020 S. Oh, the the super Legera version, I see. Yeah, yeah. 2020 Turbo S is coming in a few months. You know what, though? Uh, you know, I wish I could perform up to standards this week, but I've been weighed down with about 40 kilograms of ballast. And then I got the Rona. Jeez, that sounds like everybody's lockdown experiences. They've gained 40 kilograms, and somehow they've caught the Rona. Yeah, sounds Uh, about right. Speaking of tire fires, hi, King. Hi, Ryan Eric King. (laughs) Hello. I like that you knew exactly where I was referring to when it was reported that, like, smoke was billowing into City Field during a baseball game. <laughs> yes, I knew it was the scrapyard right next to City Field. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect metaphor for the Mets season, am I right, folks? So better off Ooh. than the Giants right now. They still have Jacob, it's fine! <laughs> We just, we just, we just, we just got to start him like old Ross Hadborn and have him start like the next 60 games in a row to make the playoffs. No? That can't work? No? Okay, fair enough. So. Um, this is basically like the cleanup episode this time around where all the four of us are going to be sitting down and breaking down, well, World Superbikes uh, at Catalonia. The first ever World Superbike ra- um, weekend at Catalonia this time around. Why? Because COVID. That's why. Um, so Catalonia... Uh, as well as some minuscule sports car race in France somewhere. We'll talk about that for a There is well. so, so much sports car news to get to. That yeah. Really, the race that actually happened is merely a footnote. Let's put it to you this way. If you've ever been tired of me talking too much on this show, this is the episode for you. Um, <laughs> um, it's your lucky day, as far as I can say. And we'll also get into some major news coming out of NASCAR, because uh, its hottest free agent has a new home for 2021, and it's not one you might be thinking of. Uh, and that'll be one Bubba Wallace. We'll get into that uh, later on in the show. But basically, you can find us in the meantime. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. 
Hi, if you're watching this on there. Subscribe and hit the bell if you want notifications on when we upload new stuff. That's always fun. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our handles are in the description down below on the screen. And if you're listening via audio, it's at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at cbuckley 917 and if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Uh, $5 gets you early access to all of our shows, audio and video while we're catching up. Once we're catching up, the video section will move to the $10 tier where you can listen to these shows live as they go out if you listen in to the supporters club of our Discord server. So thanks everyone that's tuning in for that as well. Without further ado... What should we do first, Fedor? Should we do the Mon first, or should we do the World Superbike first? Uh, I'll let you guys I would pick. say get World Superbike out of the way first, because it's not just Lamar. We've got so much sports car stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. We'll get World Superbikes out of the way. I'll run it through real quick. So, yeah, World Superbikes of Catalonia, everybody. Yay! Yeah! First time in Catalonia. You know, the, the, like, like, a, a format of motorsport that is actually good around Catalonia for once. And, Damn uh, rare. The rare good race of Catalonia. No, we know MotoGP is good around this track. It's only good on two wheels. It, it, agreed. Um, it, it, like, this was actually quite a wild weekend in some ways. Race 1 was actually the relatively calm affair on a Saturday afternoon. Jonathan Ray winning pretty much lights the flag. Um, You've never heard this story we, winning before. By no, never. Never happens. Trust me, the mad stuff comes later. Uh, but in the meantime, yes, Jonathan Ray won it, winning race one relatively comfortably. Scott Redden had to fight his way through as uh, Michael Rubin Rinaldi fell down the order a little bit there um, in the interim. But Ray pretty much won at a canter. Redden was second. Chaz Davis third on the second. Ducati Panagale. Uh, Michael Vandermark uh, was in fourth ahead of Alvaro Bautista in fifth. Top rack in sixth, Rinaldi in seventh, Garrett Gerloff in eighth, who uh, got better as the weekend went on, to say the least. Uh, Lowe's, Haslam, Laverty, Jonas Volga was back, everybody. Wasn't it nice to see yeah. Jonas Volga back that's, on a motorcycle again? That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yes, so Jonas Volga is back. He's wild, He was wild card in this weekend in World Superbikes. A pleasure to see him back in a World Championship level series where he belongs. He was racing for MGM as a wild card. And he also went semi-viral on Friday after hitting a bird on the main straight. He went full... Uh, he went full Andrea Rianoni in Phillip Island that one time. He, uh, he hit a bird down the main street at 180 miles an hour. So that was uh, interesting to keep a look at. Uh, apparently, the bird's request was to, be was to be buried next to Gavin at Phillip Island somewhere um, and a plate of chips. So uh, a salute to our bird friend and uh, rest, rest in peace. Uh, indeed, but great to see Jonas Volga back there. He was in 12th. Xavi Fores 13th. Baz and Caracasulo rounding off the points on that one. Only the one DNF, it was Tom Sykes. I think it was a transponder issue for him on that one. Now, all the crazy really started on Sunday morning with the Super Pole race. Um, have you ever seen those moments, guys, where you see a meme where you see a really awkward shot of something and then you go, the, the record suddenly scratches and it goes, hi, that's me. You're probably wondering how I got in this situation. Um, and that was... a. Uh, Alvaro Bautista dangling off the front of his bike through turn three in the Super Bowl race when he was fighting oh. for the lead. He was with, in the lead. Uh, he made the move. He was in the lead. Yeah, with uh, in, in a freeway fight at the front with uh, Vandermark and Jonathan Ray. Um, Bautista, as you can probably imagine, came off the worst of it. Um, 
It, it never was ends. Nasty. It never Bautista. If he if he wasn't so damn crash prone, he would be he would be like top three in this field all day, every day. But he just keeps yeah, it's throwing like just the bike into about, the drink. Yeah, it's like just when you think Bautista and Honda as a combination is actually starting to get somewhere, he starts crashing again. It's just no, oh, it just keeps yeah. happening. He, he's been uh, legitimately in the fight for the podium multiple times this year. And then he goes flying yeah. into the gravel. Again, and uh, this and this one cost him nearly. Thank, thankfully, Ryder was okay. But if you saw the screenshots of Multiplebike's Twitter and you saw the photos, uh, Bautista's almost upside down uh, off the front of his bike in some of these shots. <laughs> who it was, was it? not... Who was it last year? It, it, it was in my, Moto2 or Moto3 that, that happened at Phillip Island. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Dominique, I think it was Dominique Agata it in was. Moto2. In Philip Island, where it was the it was the security cameras at the circuit that saw him have this ridiculous highlight. He was basically upside down, hanging off he's the bike, playing trials, like like he's playing trials fusion. It's just like, what, like, what is pick. this? Pull up the pick. Though. <laughs> That's some extreme oh, G I, shit. I'm gonna try and find it real quick. Hang on a minute, um, just so we might get a live reaction here. I'm sure King might be able to edit this in as well if he finds it at some point. Um, I'm gonna try and see if I can find it. They, they, the Twitter runs has been a bit wacky, to say the least, on for World Superbikes in the last couple of days. But I'm gonna try and scroll down and see if I can spot it. Rares race two. There's, uh, there's the, there's, that's the race two results. I need the Super Pole race. I think. Hang on, hang on. I'm getting there. We're warm. We're warm. There's Batista walking away. That's not a good sign. Um. You can edit this stuff out later, I'm sure. <laughs> you can put in like a SpongeBob transition. It's like, yeah, like 300 years. Oh, Lord. Um, so much longer they had to sack the old narrator and bring in a new one. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, here it is. I found it. I found it. Um, it. Okay, supporters general for you guys on listening on Discord. Three, two, one. Oh boy! Oh. You know, yeah, I, lo- uh... I love freestyle motocross. It's my favorite sport at the X Games. Man, uh, he's really having a bad time at Extreme G. I know it's a yeah, that wasn't game, a- but goddamn. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. Um, he, he he was trying to get the uh, Superman dive there out of a Charles Fusion, and he couldn't quite get it before he hit the deck. It was uh, quite oh, tragic. Um, oh. Yeah, that kind of summed up about his weekend. And thankfully, yes, in that shot, you could see uh, Michael Vandermark and Jonathan Ray. Somehow, they were both okay and were able to continue through that. Don't ask me no, how. They, but... they were okay. Their underwear wasn't. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's actually corner. another great... There's another great shot of Jonathan Ray on the in Park Ferme after that race where Toprak is uh, he, he he and Toprak are good mates, and he looks at uh, Toprak gives him these like the the this emoji like 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 this close yeah. um, to describe the situation and then, yeah, Jonathan was like yeah he's turned it into a caption competition on Twitter which I thought was quite funny um, so uh, yeah uh, somehow they all got through that okay besides Bautista. Um, Michael Vandermark would go on to win. Uh, yeah, Vandermark wins for Yamaha. I think that's Yamaha's first win of the year in general. Yep. 
Um, and uh, yeah, the I think the seventh different winner we've had this year already, which is uh, I think it's the sixth winner actually this year actually. But yeah, uh, it's uh, unique winners. More on that in a minute. But uh, yeah, Vandermark winning in the end. I don't think Jonathan Ray wanted to chase him down too hard, given that Vandermark isn't really a title threat at the moment. So just take the twenty points in second. He was second. Laurie Spaz was third. So good to have uh, the bazooka back on the podium for the independent Tenkate team. So that was nice. Uh, Chaz Davis fourth. Garrett Gerloff continues his improvement. He was in fifth in the end. Um, ahead of Michael Rubin Rinaldi. Lowe's Redding down in eighth, which is not good news for him. Sykes in ninth. And Volger in the top ten on the hour as well. So great to see as well for Jonas. So yeah, a, a wacky race two followed by an even wackier race three. Um, early rough em ups. We had, you know, we had, we had, we had Bautista didn't even make the start. Um, he, his, I believe, I think Cam's bike broke down on the sighting lap. <laughs> yep. Yep. He had a mechanical issue on the sighting lap and that was that. <laughs> As you can see, Honda's, uh, Honda's two wheel contingent is really having a great year. Great time. So all great in. Time. All in on this weekend's uh, 12 hours of Estoril in the FIM Endurance World Championship, where Honda don't suck. Well, hopefully. Um, there hey, was they, a lot they of rough ran the tumble. field through a table at Le Mans. Oh, they did. They Not did. this that, that's probably the, the other Le Mans. I just missed the eight yeah. hours of Suzuka, damn it. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, we all Walking do. Oh, yeah, we had a very feisty leading group of eight at the front. We had Vandermark take the lead from Rinaldi. We had Gerloff, Davis, Redding. Ray was punted back to sixth in the early going, and he didn't really recover all that much, to be honest with you. He took yeah. it relatively easy on the end, as the, as, the, as the Ducatis would end up going to war at the front of the field. Chaz Davis took the lead early on and didn't really look back, so Chaz became the sixth different winner we've had this year in World Superbikes. Friend as he of would the go show! Over the line Friend of the show, Chaz Davis! Great to see him back. Um, on on the on the top step ahead of Michael Vandermark, who's having, who had a very nice weekend overall. He was in second, and Garrett Gerloff on the podium for the ah, United States of America. Look, we don't have anything to be proud of our country <laughs> with right now, so that's something. <laughs> we really don't. We didn't have anything out of the MotoGP side of things. Oh, I'm so happy about this. Yeah, Garrett Gerloff in the end, like. It seemed that Gerloff was really starting to get the hang of this series all of a sudden, and 8th, 5th, and 3rd as the weekend would go on, uh, literally got better in front of our very eyes. Only two and a half seconds off the win, very nearly beat Vandermark on the same bike uh, for seconds. So yeah, hell of a job from Garrett Gerloff there. Jonathan Ray would take a pretty comfortable 4th, again, probably thinking championship in the grand scheme of things. Again, his main rival, Scott Redding, was down in 6th. They had his old teammate, Tom Sykes, in the middle in 5th, which is a good result for the BMW boys, actually. Well, considering, and it has a, uh, considering that bike has a Bavarian hamster on a wheel in its fairing instead of an engine. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and, and the track with a massive front straight. Uh, fifth and seventh is a pretty good result, all told, for BMW. Sykes fifth, Laverty seventh. Uh, Lowe's in 8th, Haslam 9th, Baz 10th, Volga 11th, Caracasulo 12th, uh, Zanetti 13th, Takahashi 14th, Sony Flores last of the finishes in 5th, Paul Miracle, Ruben Rinaldi uh, being in it with 2 laps to go in the end. So a pretty chaotic race, and but the championship, well, 
It's starting to look ominous here again, folks. Jonathan Ray, oh, 51 points look... in front of Scott. Come on, Dre. Come on, Dre. It looked ominous Redding before. kept it interesting for like a couple of rounds. <laughs> no, he did Redding kept it interesting for a little bit. He... A little bit. <laughs> you know what kept it interesting last year? Someone going so undefeated that we had an embargo <laughs> against the series on the show. And he still lost the title early. Folks, Come on, son. break out your hoodies. Break out your pumpkin spice. It is Jonathan Ray season with two race meetings left in the Super Championship. Completely yeah, different. He's got a fifth He's got a fifty-one point lead with only two weekends left. In case you didn't know already, they race at Magni Cor on October fourth in two weeks' time, and then the f- season finale at Estoril on October eighteenth. There's only four races well technically six races left in the championship. Remember, not all of them carry the full points. Super the Super Bowl race only carries twelve. So there's a maximum of sixty-two points available. So Ray's got a reasonable chance of wrapping it up at two weeks' time in Magni Core if he can gain another 11 points on Scott Redding in that's, that's that time. That's just it. Like, uh, Redding just... All he needs to do is score 11 over Redding for the rest of the year. That's... Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and, easy. And, and, that's and, easy pickings. Uh, yeah, Jonathan will just not make any mistakes and he'll probably wrap it up by race two in Magni Core. He's 51 ahead of Scott Redding. Chaz Davis up to third after his strong weekend. He's on 188. Michael Vandermark on 177. Now fourth on... Uh, fair for Yamaha. Top rack fifth on 157. Alex Lowe's down to sixth. Remember when he led the championship after Phillip Island? Amazing how things change. He's now wow. being outpointed by Jonathan Ray. Literally two to one. Exactly. 290 to 145. Oh, God. Uh, they made Lowe's... Ray mad. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Man, three uh, yeah. quarantine times were hit different. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Michael Rubin Rinaldi, 7th on 144, and Alvaro Bautista in 8th on 94, Baz on 91, and Haslam on 88. Tighten up a couple of loose ends real quick as well. Shout out Jonathan Ray. He actually, after his race one victory, he, he broke out a very special t-shirt. It was a very nice touch. It was a it was the Anna Carrasco Ride Like a Girl t-shirt. Those two were very close friends. Um, and yeah, continued best wishes to Anna Carrasco that was uh, shipped out of hospital, thankfully, a couple of days ago. She's uh, back home now to start uh, recuperation on the two vertebra she broke in training. So all the best to Anna Carrasco, as always. And a very Absolutely. classy touch from Jonathan mm-hmm. to break out one of her T-shirts after after this run win. Uh, Jonathan looking after the girls. Great to see. Um, and uh, yeah, and also congratulations to Andrea Locatelli, who wrapped up the World Supersport Championship as well. But not without the streak falling. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, my client, Andy Verdoya, conquered the Locatakers' undefeated super sports streak in Catalonia. Your Honor, my client is simply built different. The the man that was uh, like I think he was a wild card for the weekend because he like he had barely scored any points all season long, and because of the countback rule in Catalonia and the fact there was a sudden downpour, I think with about five laps to go in the first Supersport race, uh, they had to red flag it because they were past two thirds race distance. It was a steward's discretion whether they wanted to call it. They did call it. And Locatelli's perfect perfect streak ended at nine. Damn, he um, hit him with a Justin Haley special. Oh my god. He did god. indeed. <laughs> Zombie furniture row lives on. Oh dear. But uh yeah, it's, uh, so it's unfortunately the streak was over in the end, so Locatelli didn't actually uh 
didn't actually uh, get the perfect season we were all kind of hoping he would, but he did wrap up the championship in race two. Uh, in, the, in race one, Vadoya won over Mahias and Carl Smith. Locatelli was down in fourth because, remember, red flag, two-lap countback rule kicked into effect. Uh, Manfredi was fifth ahead of Odendal and Gonzalez. And, yeah, that was the end of the streak. But, of course, uh, Locatelli would wrap it up in race two and wrap up the championship by winning that one. So, hey, 10 out of 11 still, is still pretty good. Right? Yeah, that's right? still pretty good, but it's not perfect. Yeah, you're either perfect or you're not me, as, as, a, as a famous abridged character used to say. Locatelli would end up winning, and the highest in second, Philip Otel, remember him, in third, ahead of Rafael Di Rosa, fourth, and Odendal, fifth in race two. So congrats to Andrea Locatelli on wrapping up the World Super Sports Championship in the most dominant fashion imaginable. He's probably going to be in the main series next year. Keep an eye on that. We'll keep you posted for any and all the news. But the streak was over by Andy Vidoya. That's going to be one for the pub quiz out there in motorsport terms. Coming to a, a pub quiz book near you. Who broke Locatelli's World Super Sports streak in 2020? Uh, have, have fun working that one out. But uh, for those guys that are not fans of me talking, I'm going to shut up now for the next 10-15 minutes because uh, let's break down Le Mans. Oh, I was a uh, great British bake-off on. <laughs> we're like 15 minutes in apparently we have Boris Johnson interrupt the Great British Bake Off for 15 minutes to tell us uh, more bullshit about lockdown so uh, that's yeah. fun yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a surprise VJ no one wants yeah. <laughs> 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 we're done <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me. King. Um, since we're all big fans of sports, you know that like we've had a bunch of different sports championship curses been broken, whether it's the Red Sox, the Cubs, the city of Cleveland what have you. But have you ever heard of a sports curse being broken but not really? No. I've never heard of a curse being broken but dot 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 not really. Because here's the thing. Well, because after 33 years of trying, 33 years of frustration, Toyota Gazoo Racing finally won Le Mans for the first time in 2018. They've now since won three in a row but it feels like the Toyota curse at Lamar has not ended for just one side of the garage. Yeah, because uh, the the curse has been concentrated onto the number seven car. The Toyota the to- seven curse is eternal. The Toyota <laughs> seven curse runs fifty years deep, and it did not leave the co- the garage side of Mike Conway, Kamui Kobayashi, and Jose Maria Lopez, who pretty much led. Most of the first yeah. half of the race. We should we should then, throw some background on this. Uh, look, there's a reason why we didn't do a Lamar preview. Uh, we wanted to. We wanted to. And We're sorry we about did. that. We wanted to, and then we saw practice, and then qualifying, and thought, well, yeah. Look, the number seven Toyota put together a pole lap that was okay. And then Kamui Kobayashi decided, now watch this. 
and was on track for a three-minute 12, which has never happened. Not in the history of the Circuit de la Sarthe. Not even with the no chicane, no Porsche curve 1971 layout, where the old record was set by a Porsche 917 long tail at three-minute 13.3. But Cam, I did want to point out, you know, as a Gran Turismo sport player, what's the one thing that we don't like about Le Mans specifically in that game and specifically in official online matches? Well, not just that game. Project Cars 2 can go die in a fire for it. But Le Mans track limits. Le Mans track limits, because Le Mans is really just made up of uh, very, very long straights and a couple slow corners. Drivers take liberties, and Kamui Kobayashi took a little bit too much liberty with him out of Terre de Rouge, which, if you don't know the Le Mans layout, is the corner leading onto the Molson Strait. Is that the new Apple Watch Series 6 straight? Oh, God. <laughs> I wish it was. But Number yeah, 7 Toyota um, we probably should have won this race uh, on pace yeah. alone in the first half. But as we all know, it's not the 12 hours of Le Mans because, uh, and I peel this back because I was covering the first half of the race for our friends at Daily Sports Car. Uh, I've been assigned the task of doing in-race reports for the first 12 hours of the prototype class. And just as I have finished my last block of reports for the 10th or 12th hour, with Toyota all with the number seven Toyota of Conway Kobayashi and Lopez in a comfortable lead because the number eight Toyota of Kaz Nakajima, Sebastian Webby, and Brendan Hartley uh, had some brake issues early in the race. They're leading by a yep. couple laps, and just as I hit the button to submit the email to my deputy editor Stephen Kilby and editor in chief Graham Goodwin, Kobayashi reports the turbochargers going out. Yep, oh! the right hand, uh, the right side turbocharger fails out on track he limps the car in and the car loses about a half hour to the sister car number eight and even gets dropped behind the ever-present rebellion r13s in their last appearance under red rebellion colors that's right because the Um, one one of the big announcements going into this race on that later yep but uh the rebellions were a mess. Toyota were a mess. They just weren't as much of a mess. Because yeah, the 7 it, car pretty much spent the whole race after that with little issues. Uh, obviously, the turbo failure is the big one. Then they got floor damage. Then I believe they were reporting a cracked exhaust manifold and the car clearly lost a bit of internal combustion engine power. These... Uh, Kamui Kobayashi cannot catch a goddamn break. Spare thought from Mike Conway. Conway as well. well. Conway, who was phenomenal last year and had that race cruelly taken away by the car being wired incorrectly. And Jose Maria Lopez, who, despite having a lot of growing pains in this class, has morphed into a very good driver. Yeah, if you've missed it the last couple of years, the number seven team uh, ran out of fuel and then got a drive-through penalty for exceeding their stint length in 2018. Their yeah. car was wired wrong, and they changed just one tire when they they changed the wrong tire in 2019. At yep. least, let's if keep there going. One solace: the number seven car popped a clutch while leading the race in 2017. The number seven car burned to the ground in 2014 while leading the race, and the number seven car in 2012 
killed the Delta Wing, and then blew an engine. This has been a long... This has been running since Toyota came back in 2012. If there is one solace in this, at least we don't have to talk about Toyota gaming the system to give Alonzo the wins. Because nobody's gaming the system to give Brendan Hartley an advantage. (laughs) Although they probably should because Brendan Hartley is a very good driver. Yeah, and I'm, you know, that's to take nothing. You know, it's Le Mans. It happens. And that's not to take nothing away from Sebastian Buemi, Kazuki Nakajima, and Brendan Hartley. Who are all Brendan Hartley, who, yep, they, you know, Brendan Hartley, that's his second win after his win in 2017 in equally absurd circumstances. Yeah. Um, Kazuki Nakajima, as you said in your piece for DSC, was once the unluckiest driver at Le Mans. He was in the car in 2016 when that intercooler line failed and it ground to a halt with minutes to spare. All three of these people were chewed up and spit out by the Formula One ladder in two years or less. Yep. And now they are, however you view the current situation at Le Mans and Toyota's current streak at Le Mans. I'm of the opinion three, of three this. Three-time winners at Le Mans. Yeah. That's they nothing don't come to around at. every day. No. Yeah. That, is, could, that gives could... you all-time great credentials. Yeah. Yeah. For for all the detractors about Buemi and Nakajima's accomplishments, which, well, maybe if a major manufacturer was going to cheat emissions, they shouldn't have been sloppy enough to get caught. Yep. Number eight. But uh, even then, I mean, LMP1, it wouldn't be a proper LMP1 send-off without the class melting down a little bit, now would it? Because uh, uh, as I have it stands... No, I have no energy to punch down on buy calls. Have it a really I, No, let's punch down on all of them together. Oh, no, no. In solidarity. Um, the eight car had the brake fa- failure early on. Yeah. And then was leaking oil for most of the race, was smoking. But didn't amount to anything. The number one rebellion, which finished second, had all manner of problems in the pits, out on track, and uh, rebellion were very marginal this year. And Mm -hmm. that meant that they were on the edge of brake failure for the last couple of hours of the race on both that car and the number three car. It's the funniest thing, because Bruno Senna has the fastest outright lap of the race, but just over a single lap... In the first year... In the first, uh, you know, stint, Rebellion could hold the Toyotas in sight. They were actually matching them on pace. But once you get into traffic, the ability to dump near as enough 400 horsepower into the front axle and play around through traffic, well, that becomes an insurmountable advantage for Toyota. You You can't beat that. That's what was so amazing about the LMP1 hybrids, is that you can just cut through traffic almost effortlessly. I Those just two cars, wanted Louis yeah. Delatraz to do the virtual real-life double, and it didn't happen. Yeah. In fact, on average, Louis Delatraz was uh, ungood. Sebastian Wemmy, not so much. Sebastian Wemmy was very good. He um, was. And Baikal as well. Yeah. You, you don't want to have a rear wing fail in one of the fastest corners of the track. It's, a, it's well, amazing. The car was a Bruno, safety hazard. It's amazing that Bruno Spangler was even able to drive the car back, but that's yeah, like the ninth time in eleven years of entering this race that they haven't finished. And the, the CLM, and, the car that they use, the CLM is zero of six finishing this race. And the if we're being completely Sombrero. honest, the plat. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, uh, bike calls were a safety hazard. 
this week. Uh, the car was falling apart. They could barely pull away from LMP2s. They were shit slow in the Porsche curves. Anything that required downforce. And as RJ alluded to, the rear wing fell off through a fast corner. That's unacceptable. At, at this level, that's fucking unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and they're, but, they committed to hypercar, so good luck. I, I'm I think that's it enough. Before it gets worse. LMP2 I, I, I was probably the class of the race. Um, a lot of stuff happened. And in the end, we get to talk about Sky Sports F1 commentator Paul DeResta finishing ahead of Sky Sports F1 commentator Anthony Davidson. <laughs> with with a team Whoa. led by Zach Brown of McLaren winning the class, Philip Hansen, Felipe Albuquerque, and Paul DeResta from pole position winning ahead of the number 38 Jota Sport car of Anthony Davidson, Antonio Felix Tacosti, your reigning, defending, undisputed Formula E champion of the world, <laughs> and former well, champ car journeyman Roberto Gonzalez. Remember that whole thing about how uh, when F2 cars fall apart, we dunk on them for falling apart in a spec series? Every, it seemed like every car, every car had an electrical failure of some yeah, kind. All Oricas. Orica had a, uh, a mixed weekend where they clearly had, the Orica 07 is just unstoppable at this point. There was only four non-Orica 07s in the race, but we had multiple electrical issues. We had the number 36 Alpine, and your more on them later. Win. Your pick, pick to, win to win suffered a water leak. My pick to win suffered a water leak on lap one. <laughs> it's amazing that they came back to fourth. They came back to fourth. I'd argue they had like they had the race of the P2 category. They were so fast. It's it either them matter. or IDEX Sports number 28 car coming from two laps down after their car was written off in practice. Yeah, they were in a race against time. They actually didn't win that race because they, as you said, they started about six or seven minutes after the race itself started. Yeah. And uh, the 37 car. The 37 oh Jackie this Chan was my DC. Favorite. I described this as a dip into the theater of the absurd because they were disqualified well before we finished the race because driver Gabriel Aubrey, when his car shut down, uh, phoned a member of his team and that team member handed him a part, which is a big no-no in the rule books. Do you know what that part was, RJ? I did not know what this part is. Could you enlighten me, Cameron? Well, um, for background, this car was leading LMP2. Yeah. They, the they were car. in a great duel with the 22 car that ended up winning. Um, the alternator failed. And so the mechanic ran out and gave him a battery. Oh, man. And uh, that, if you don't know the rules at Lamar, if you get receive outside assistance beyond just, you know, having your car towed out of a gravel trap, come back next year. You're gone. Done. Goodbye. You're Double disqualified. So, that, so, that, so that's an automatic disqualification. Yes, yeah. it is. All outside Fair assistance enough. beyond being towed out of a gravel trap. Uh, if, if, a, uh, if a marshal even touches your car with any amount of work being done to it, even if just removing the engine cover. You're gone. You're done. Goodbye. That's why. That's why. If you remember back in 2012, Nissan driver Satoshi Motoyama trying to fix the Delta Wing damn near by himself yep. was so warmly remembered. Yeah, mm. because uh, that was, and the same thing with the the Toyota Number Nine in 2017, which of course died about 100 meters to the pit lane. Mm. If you're close to the pit lane, you got to do everything you can to try and get it back. 
And uh, unfortunately, oh, the 37 car was long way from home, about halfway around the lap. One other and... note. A couple other notes from LMP2. Richard Melee Racing Team. Tatiana Calderon, Sophia Flourish, and Bytska Visser. Last minute substitute for Catford Leg, finishing ninth in class. We love to see that. Uh, for was, uh, fans of the Juan Pablo, Mat- Juan Pablo Matoya's uh, triple ch- crown chase, uh, did not go so well. They had no. misfiring issues all day and retired halfway through. This was all the best entertainment. Oh, and John Eric Vern's G Drive racing car uh, melted down in the last hour. Yep. Uh, G Drive, who are usually. You know, main features at this event. Yeah. For for better and for worse, don't cheat, guys. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna cheat, they, don't they were be very fast to get caught. They were they, fast, they, but they just couldn't last. Yeah. And now we get to GTE Pro. So King Aston Martin winning both GTE classes. Aston Martin racing in GT Pro, TF Sport in GT Am. Gotta say, this is looking very good for their Formula One prospects to get more <laughs> wins on the board before they come in with uh, all that factory force. Uh, it, it seems like the competition is just a little bit stiffer in Formula One. <laughs> Eh, just a well, little bit. Well, King, in Formula One, they don't lump superior cars with 40 kilograms of ballast. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Dre, it seems like every year in GT Pro, just to lay this out, it seems like they look at the results in qualifying and then decide, okay. They didn't change them after qualifying this year. Okay. There were no changes. But, okay. uh, but it does seem to be a trend where sometimes they're just like, okay, the fastest car in qualifying, we have to slow it down to make it the slowest car in the race. That's competition. Didn't happen here, just for the record. Didn't happen here, but uh, Jimmy Bruni, who's still got it, uh, put, a, put together a lap of the gods for the number 91 Porsche. Uh, the RSR is painted in a special paint scheme, which was... Throwing it all the way back to June of this year. Yeah, yeah, it was it was supposed to be a tribute to the 1970 win. Of course, 50 years since Porsche's first overall win. It was okay. No, it's a tribute a to the virtual Le Mans car. Sure. That's a story. I'm sticking to it. Um the 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 poll did not last because no. in the race the Porsches were just completely outmatched in a straight line. They couldn't they couldn't do anything. And it's just bad. And it's only going to get worse if you're a Porsche loyalist. More, yeah, more on that later. I'm going to go screaming into the night. But uh, yeah, the number 91 just crashed through the field. They couldn't do anything with the cars around them. They had 40 kilos extra weight against the Aston Martins. 40 kilograms. And, that's, a, that's a small child. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> They were okay in the corners because the 911 RSR seems to take corners with reckless abandon, but they couldn't accelerate. They had no top speed. They were having trouble cracking 180 miles per hour. And, the uh, Fiasar of GT cars. Yeah, and they, were, they weren't good enough in the corners to compensate. Add on top of that power steering issues with both cars and electrical issues for the number 91, and... It was a race to forget for Porsche. Only they can't forget it for a while. More on that later. Instead, Next. it ended up as a battle between Aston Martin and Ferrari. 
which is a preview to 2021, maybe. Although, to be fair, I don't know if struggling Italian minnows Ferrari are going to have the resource to, uh, to, to take the fight to Aston Martin, whose F1 history is so rich and storied. Please do not look uh, up Aston Martin's F1 history as an independent constructor. Oh, God. (laughs) And uh, the race was pretty close for a while until, and this has come up in the past with Le Mans reviews, the safety car rules. All aboard the safety car train. Oh, shit, wrong train. I'm on the wrong (laughs) train. I should be on the other train. Yeah, for those who don't know about the Le Mans safety car rules at Le Mans, the track is so big that you get three safety cars. Well, instead of letting cars out of the pits to catch up to a safety car queue, they hold you and wait for the next safety car queue to come. I just see Dre's face in pure bewilderment. <laughs> Why? It's, 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 you know, it's basically like waiting for a train uh, if you live in a city that has, you know, public transportation. Yes, because yeah. by their logic, it's safer to have a car wait for a line to catch them and for them to just get on the back of that line instead of them going out onto the Circuit de la Sarthe at what could be full racing speed to catch a safety car line. Yeah, but isn't that what the radio is for, where you can warn people, hey, there's a car stopped here? Or even better yet, what we saw plenty during this race was slow zones. Just leave the slow zone intact. Slow we zone. have provisions for this. Yeah, we, we have the technology. We can rebuild we can... <laughs> stronger. <laughs> and it meant that the number, I believe it was the number 51 Ferrari, ended up trapped. You, when this happens at Le Mans, you lose about a minute, minute, minute and yeah, a half. Yeah, the and that final was margin of victory was like a minute 33. Yeah, once that happens, uh, your race is pretty much done. This has been a problem since 2010, when the first safety car under these regulations, when Nigel Mansell crashed his LMP1s, trapped the Audis about a minute and a half down the road from the Peugeot. I remember when Nigel Mansell was racing at Le Mans. Y'all remember when Nigel with Mansell his kids. was clean-shaven? With his kids that one time. So, I don't understand why this rule is still in place, and it dismantled what was a very good scrap between the lead at Aston Martins and the lead Ferrari. And this has happened. It happened last year, which gave Ferrari a huge advantage. I can name a dozen examples for the last ten years. The and optimism is coming. I, 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 I can assure you that the optimism is coming. But in the end, it's Maxime Martin, Alexander Lynn. We love Alex Lynn on the show, and Harry Tinknell winning for Aston Martin Racing in the Pro Class. Sally Yolick, Charlie Eastwood, and Johnny Adam winning for. Japan's favorite pro, favorite non-Japanese amateur sports car team, TF Sport. Uh, uh, as a correction, um, Adam Johnson has renamed them the Fuck Sport. <laughs> and uh, uh, this is yeah, why we don't take yeah. Adam Johnson seriously on the show anymore. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> who, who, well, like who, him, who let him, him back in? Yeah, this race got so boring at one point that they talked about remaking Driven. What's what's yeah? I, I, I saw this on Twitter. I, I was I, w- I was summoned to the Discord during Le Mans weekend to say, "Oh, they're planning a plot," and that immediately summoned me in all of my wrath. Um, <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you people? All of you. Yeah. You're all accountable for this. Yeah. Every last one of you, yeah. but me. <laughs> but, uh, GTEM, GTEM was pretty good. It was fine. I enjoyed it. 
that was probably uh, in the later stage of the race, probably the most exciting because you had second, third, and fourth, basically front to back, the last hour of the race, including oh, the suck. Fresh Maker, the Mentos livery 911. Driven by oh. Egidio for Perfetti, the, the heir to the company that makes Mentos itself. The Fresh Maker himself competing at Le Mans. The Fresh Maker. Yeah. So the story of how uh, so the story of how uh, TF Sport became Japan's favorite team. Before I wrap this portion of it up, uh, twenty eighteen Fuji sits hours. Someone, some fan took a picture of. I want to say this was their driver at the time, uh, Johnny Adam, who was part of this crew, and with their iPad they superimposed an anime girl into the picture. <laughs> which has which has now since led to tf sport becoming the japanese otaku community slash race car community's favorite team that's not based in japan you absolutely love to see it oh my god but yeah that will just about do it for the race itself at Lama. overall it was better than i thought it was gonna be yeah but it still wasn't that great. Yeah. If you want <laughs> more, if you want more like in-depth um, analysis, I would go check out this week in sports cars. I would check out the midweek motorsport. Um, you may not get it here, unfortunately. But we do have optimism for the future, Cam, because not one but two French OEMs are coming in the next two years. I'm excited. Yep. Yep, uh, we've got a lot to talk about on both sides of the aisle as far as sports car prototypes are concerned. Um, Alpine, graduating up to LMP1 and taking over the running of the Rebellion R13s, which of course are an Orica 07, but more. King, uh, oh, does, does, does the Blueberry Pie bat extend to here? Oh, yes, all, yes, yeah. it does. Only at Lamar. I, I, okay. I, no, 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 I don't. I, I want it to be any time. I want RJ to take a pie to the face. Like, like, like. Why do you want to make it harder for him for this to happen? Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> if you win so. like the a thousand kilometers of Bahrain, that should not count. <laughs> what if they <laughs> enter in the one thousand and six <laughs> kilometers of Palanga? <laughs> if oh I, no, okay. we're not ready for this. Yeah, if <laughs> you people are. <laughs> You people are so counterproductive. I hate it. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Why do you invite us here on the show then? If it's a great question. <laughs> if if Alpine enter and win Palanga, I will bake my own blueberry pie and throw it in my own. You heard it here. I'm holding you to that. I am holding so. you to that. So details of the program, it will be a single car effort. As far as we know, it's only for one year, and then they will evaluate a hypercar or LMDH entry. Ooh. Bet on hypercar because, well, Alpine doesn't exist in the United States. But they should. They should. I like the A110. Uh, Fernando Alonso's new company car when clearly it should be the Espas F1. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they will be running the Rebellions as they are now. They will be developing them, and they will be... BOP down to Lamar hypercar standards. Yeah. Because as it stands, an LMP1 will blow the fucking doors off where these hypercars are projected to yeah, be. Yeah, 2021 is going to be a weird year. And yeah. we're here the for The first it. time I was on this show, I actually had a big rant about how the fuck are you going to balance all these cars together? Well, buddy, we're, we're only one way to find out. 
Yeah, and, and uh, in fact, one Mr. Pascal Vassilon, the technical director for Toyota, had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a fit in the media about this because, well, how can you come in with a year-old car after we just spent all this money and compete with us? To which I say, and, and he said, well, what? Where's the incentive to enter a Le Mans hypercar? To which I say, the only LMP1 that anyone's going to grandfather in is the R13. SMP ain't doing it. Yeah. And Janetta didn't even bother to show up because, in the words of the owner of those cars, I do things... Uh, what, what was the quote, RJ? I do things that either make me happy or make me money, and right now, LMP1 does neither of them. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and it's not like the manufacturers of the previous factory LMP1s are going to sell their LMP1s for people to run them as private entries. Nope. Damn it, I wish. nope, because Penske Penske went up to Audi and requested that they get the 2017 R18 that never was. And Audi said no. <laughs> don't cheat Whereas, on your emissions test. Don't. Uh, don't. The um, and, and the Alpine, I mean, Alpine's got a shot here. The hypercars aren't going to be proven. Toyota melted down enough this year to say that they are vulnerable. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but Signatech Alpine is a damn sight more uh, competent of a team than Rebellion are. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. They're good in LMP2, and they can get good drivers. Now, uh, They've got I good think drivers. They'll actually, I, I believe they won't, they won't be running in LMP2 next year, so I think they'll just plug their drivers in straight from that car to this car. Mm, that would be fun to see. Um, not as fun as a pepper mill maker jumping into sports cars. I've never but heard wait, of such a thing. There's more. A word. Noted aerodynamically <laughs> incompetent automaker Peugeot uh, will oh, be entering the Le Mans the hypercar regulations. They're back. They're back for real this time. We know the divorce was messy last time, but baby, we could change. Can I change my ways? (laughs) (laughs) Pro wrestling deep cuts aside, the show commits to Hypercar for 2022. What Uh, is this episode? (laughs) They they revealed their prototype. uh, They revealed the the render. It's not going to look like that. It's too cool to look like that. It's not. It might look cooler. It might not. It might. And uh, it's exciting. It's going to be an all-wheel drive uh, combustion engine hybrid under the new regs. Um, obviously, with Lamar Hypercar, it has to use a production engine. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, who knows? King, they might bring back your boy. Forte can finally get that home win. Simon can finally get that home win too. Now, what if it's both? honestly? Well, it was both in 2011, and despite the catastrophic fuck up of Peugeot in the wind tunnel on the 2011 908, they came second. They came close. Uh that'll just about do it for Lamar Hypercar. But wait, there is still more. Oh man, is, is is the GT news just as happy and uplifting as the LMP news? We're not there yet, and no, it's not. <laughs> oh no! Because we finally got the finished draft of the LMDH regulations. And boy, these concept renders look a lot like a Porsche 911 with prototype bits stuck on it. 
Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a nine eleven RSR and a uh, rebellion R thirteen had a drunken night together. It's and it's, an Olive Garden. It's the IMSA. It's the IMSA Dream Board. Oh god! But yeah, <laughs> um, we have the final regulations. I will try and grab them here because, uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of appeal in these. Yeah, it's going to be an off-the-shelf hybrid system. We know that much. These cars are going to make around 670 to 680 brake horsepower, 1030 kilograms. Um, Williams Advanced Engineering and Bosch are going to build the uh, the off-the-shelf hybrid, which is going to cost a little more than they originally projected, but it's still going to be fairly cost-effective at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we have kind of the price projections. And it uh, looks like the hybrid system is going to cost about $300,000. Now, $300,000 for 40 horsepower kind of sucks. But when you can slap a hybrid sticker on the side of the car and say, Hey, look, buy our hybrids. These are fast. Um, marketing. Mar- there's the marketing value. Brand and- activation, of which a dozen different companies are interested, including your boys. Yeah, Porsche effectively announced that they're going to be joining, which, yes! Let's fucking go! <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully that the, everyone doesn't come down with a certain uh, Mexican beer. More on that later. Um, but them, Acura, we know are interested. Audi and Lamborghini, also the Volkswagen Group, are interested. Cadillac, Mazda, Hyundai, Lexus. There's a lot of interest here. Yeah. It's almost like it and should between... be the global standard. Well, funny oh, you mention that because... <laughs> As it stands right now, it looks like these cars are going to be able to run in WEC and IMSA, and ditto for Friends. the hypercars. Friends. They're finally working together properly. <laughs> and it's exciting because, obviously, sports car racing, prototype sports car racing, has been very unhealthy for the last three two three years yeah to get this much interest on a global scale from this many manufacturers is a big deal i would hope most of them do ultimately decide to commit that would be really really awesome yeah and uh we can uh, we'll know soon enough i just hope they look a little better than some of those uh some of those renders, yeah, because because that that nine eleven prototype looks like it looks weird because it's it it's just so awkwardly long. Uh, it looks like a, it looks like the old Fab Car Daytona prototype, and that's not a compliment. It's like what if we made a nine eleven into a corgi? It's like that. It's like this old <laughs> Japanese. It's like this old Japanese PS one game where you could just modify any any car in the game and turn it into a group C prototype. Long. We're talking everything from a Volkswagen Beetle, get your Porsche jokes in, folks, to like a uh, to like a fucking bus. Clarkson! Oh, Lord. But I, is, I, I think we're, this... we're kicking the can down the road too, too much. Yeah, What's yeah, I think... What's <laughs> next? That's just all established. We'll have more news in the coming months about actual participation now for so, the, uh, so now for the first part of uh monday's monday evening's news whiplash um everybody at everybody that was contracted to porsche as factory driver and race at lamaze sitting out their commitments for this coming week because 
At least three people caught coronavirus. At least three drivers and a couple of the engineers. Fuck! I mean, there, there's not, like, any important commitments this upcoming weekend, right? We just came off a massive 24-hour race. It's like, of course, we're going to take the next weekend off, you know, recuperate, right? Yeah, uh, about that. Um, there's this race in Germany in a forest around a really big track. And, uh, oh, oh. Is that the two hours of Deep Forest Raceway? No, actually, I was thinking more like uh, more like the 24 hours of Nürburgring. Where Porsche has a uh, quite large presence, yeah, including multiple factory-supported cars with multiple yeah. factory-supported drivers, and a car run by the team who happens to run the WEC program. That have since pulled out because of all these withdrawals. So, Cam, you're thinking there's, there's no hope oh. for Porsche left. But wait, hold on. As it turns <laughs> out, when old factory drivers are pulled away from frontline duty... They don't go away forever. They just become semi-active brand ambassadors that still occasionally drive for, I don't know, emergency situations like this. Yes. Yeah, so just spitball Break here. glass in case yeah, of emergency. I don't know. Maybe break one Break glass of them... in case of COVID. And talk about falling upwards in the world. They have the guy with the overall lap record in the yeah, 919 so. Evo. Team so for KCMG, Manti, the, the Manti 911, the Grello car, is out entirely because, well, Manti run the operation, Manti run the WEC operation, they're gone. However, for the KCMG number, I believe the number 18 car. It is the 18 car. It is the 18 car. Well, um, they broke out the three Bs. Earl Bamber... Jorg Bergmeister, and Timo Bernard. Earl Bamber, noted guy who's won Le Mans and defending w, uh, defending IMSA GTLM champion. NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Earl Bamber, as it turns out. You're damn right. Jorg Bergmeister, uh, noted bane of Corvette C6Rs and all-around GT legend. Big tall guy. Big tall guy. And Timo Bernhard, who is, without hyperbole, the greatest driver in the history of the Nürburgring. He owns the lap record in the 919 Evo. I He's don't won think a I bunch need to of say these. much more. He's won a bunch of these, and he is, as of right now, the only active driver who is a holder of the Endurance Triple Crown of Daytona, Sabering, and Le Mans. So, um, so Porsche uh, have salvaged something for the Nürburgring. That's this weekend. And but, while I have an opportunity, I want to say uh, good luck to friend to... Is she a friend of the char- podcast, Charlie Martin? Uh, sure. Well, we're, we're, we're a Charlie. friend of her. <laughs> yes. We're a friend of her. Yes. Um, <clears throat> driving in a lower class vehicle, but it's good to see as one of, if not the only um, transgender people in top light professional racing. She'll be driving one of the BMW M40 Cup cars in this weekend's Nürburgring 24 Hours. And yeah. here's hoping there will be more opportunities, including the big one at Le Mans sometime down the road for her. That is the extent of my investment, as well as that KCMG Porsche, because they are friends of me and therefore friends of the show. Yeah. And further news, because this Porsche situation has further shockwaves, they've had to withdraw entirely from this weekend's mid-Ohio IMSA round. Oh, yeah, that's happening, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost like piling a bunch of sports car races together in completely different regions that all share drivers. 
Well, they didn't really plan out anyone actually getting this whole uh, virus. Well, until we can add four more months to the year, this will have to make do. I guess it does. Oof. And, um, yeah, as well as, um, I believe the Scuderia Corsa Ferrari has also withdrawn from the Mid-Ohio. Yeah, they were, they were at the They were at No, Lamont. Cooper McNeil is, um, he, he's prioritizing his Ferrari challenge season. I- I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't question it. Ooh. It's just like, I'm, I'm going to prioritize my one make championship. <clears throat> Mm. that's no good (laughs) but yeah that's that's no good at all mitt's bag coming into and out of lamar um go check out the highlights if you haven't already um there is one more bit of news dre that has nothing to do Mm. with sports cars or bicycles uh this is a pretty big deal out of the world of nascar which historically in the year 2020, if we've talked about NASCAR, it has been for either one of three reasons. One, driver takes 3,400-pound stock car to the head in the final few feet of the Daytona 500. Two, driver's career pretty much ends for the moment because they dropped an N-bomb on a stream. Three, a driver's crew member finds a noose meant for them hanging in the stall of their garage. Oh, God. NASCAR has been the definition of a mixed bag this year. <laughs> what do you mean mixed? It's mostly pretty much all been negative. Like, like... Whoa, whoa. It, it, it's sw- been swinging between really good and really negative. No real middle Yeah, ground. let's see. The, the the guy who took the stock car to the head lived and is back racing. Uh, Which is oh, good. The driver- Only mystery races. <laughs> yeah, the driver who dropped the N-bomb actually got fired for it. Uh, three, yeah. uh, thankfully, the the noose was there by coincidence more than anything else, thank God. Yeah. And the whole sport rallied around said driver. Uh, Which segues into this news. I love that King, oh. I, I had to dig real deep for those positives there. But, uh, <laughs> but, they're they're but, legitimate positives. But, they uh, are, they are, they are. No, and, and this is probably another one, because, yeah, Bubba Wallace, uh, there's been a lot of talk about his his uh, free agency, his impending free agency. He announced a couple of weeks ago that he was going to be leaving the Richard Petty Motorsports team, but we didn't know what his future plans were going to be as of yet. We found out this morning what those future plans are, and no, and those future plans are... He's going to be driving under a car owned by Denny Hamlin and one Michael Air Jordan. <laughs> because, of course, 2020, everybody. <laughs> we thought him just replacing Jimmy Johnson was a wild proposition. This... We got real scared for a couple days because the rumor was that he was going to go to a team that barely qualifies as a NASCAR Cup team. Yeah. <laughs> Instead... Indeed. Instead, Danny Hamlin, who was already looking to get into the team ownership game, has partnered with basketball legend Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Bigger than a basketball legend. Yeah. he a basketball he, goat. Yeah, and, you know, he's a team owner of an NBA franchise. Which well. By the way, we can... That, it, it will stop there. He's a team owner of an NBA franchise. No, no, can I just say, no. the, the worry for this... I, I, I'm super happy for Bubba. I love this for oh, Bubba man. Wallace. I love this for Bubba. Everybody is rallying around him. Like, he's getting attention from Bubba Watson, the golfer. He's getting attention from Lewis Hamilton. 
He's getting attention from every damn body because of this. Yeah, yeah Gabriel he Union's is. chipped in. I've seen social media chip in on Instagram. Like, you know, they're commenting on people's posts saying, get out to a race, get out to a race. This is the sort of news story that will transcend NASCAR. It's going to get a lot of pop culture involved, a lot of mainstream culture involved. This is big. This so, is really, yeah. really big. Mm-hmm. Also, it besides the NBA team owner part, that's most major sports team owners are billionaires, and Michael Jordan is a multi-billionaire. He's by all he's a magnitude richer than every other professional athlete out there. And yeah, he's the big. And in terms you know, of net well, worth, you know he is the wealthiest team owner in motorsports now. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, because people like Dre and I keep buying his shoddily put together <laughs> shoes. I know it's a terrible habit. We really must get out of it sometime. But now we must buy more to support Bubba Wallace's NASCAR endeavors. <laughs> like, like, My like, only concern <laughs> is that for all the winning that Michael Jordan did as a player, he has taken nothing but gourmet L's as a team owner. I don't. And know, for those who cause... don't know, Michael, this is not Michael Jordan's first endeavor into racing. Mm-hmm. He ran he a superbike team. He ran a superbike team. Poorly. The most He's significant a... thing that came out of that was a few motorsport colorway Air Jordans. Yeah. Still want the, still want the Jordan for no. motorsports, I have to say. The, Everyone the, does. This is, this is different. This, this is a sport that he's deeply familiar with and he's on a national platform where he does not want to be embarrassed (laughs) and he has the resources to buy all the help necessary and it also helps kings it also the charlotte hornets not a are the charlotte hornets not a uh a national team so the sharp the charlotte hornets take two were cursed from the beginning as the bobcats yes and also circumstances change also it's different because he played basketball and he was a billionaire competing against other billionaires. Now he's a NASCAR where he's a billionaire facing off against maybe two other billionaires and mainly other millionaires. And there. I, I, I think Denny Hamlin's going to be handling a lot of the day to day here. And a lot I of this is also going to boil. Yep. And I think, it's, I think a lot of this is also going to boil down to who they get as crew chief. As well, because that's going to be a very big yeah. deal as to hear, how uh, this team functions in the long I hear run. Cole Pern isn't doing anything right now. <laughs> oh, that would oh oh stop stop my beating heart. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be oh. big. Yeah, I think the right play here would be Jordan supplies the publicity sponsorship, and holy shit, it's Michael Jeffrey Jordan and Denny Hamlin. It's runs an the endless supply title. of publicity and sponsorship that can roll in off of this. Yep. in theory. So when are we oh, picking I, up the Bubba Wallace 11s? Oh, let's do it. Let's, let's oh. do it. Let's do it. Let's We're do all it. We're all pitching it, it, in for this. It's it's very exciting. It's for a, a, a guy that's incredibly easy to root for. I mentioned this at the time of his you know, very, very awful uh, noose incident that uh, the sport did rally around him. And if there's one thing I did notice when Bubba was racing immediately after the incident, the amount of black fans that rolled up to NASCAR to support this dude um in the short to medium term after this incident happened so you know there's a there, i think the potential is certainly there to draw a lot of mainstream attention yeah, off this hey because I, I think a lot of people forget that you know the american south is you know the the home for nascar but mm-hmm. people forget about the other part where the american south is is black majority there are, there are yeah, more mm-hmm. <laughs> so like 
people say, oh, they're like, no black NASCAR fans. Statistically, that's impossible. Like, no, that, that, yeah. that's, that's no, plenty. In fact, Michael Jordan actually, in his statement talking about uh, talking about this, talked about being a NASCAR fan. Talked about growing up, going to races. Yep. Talked about growing up in what state? North Carolina. From North Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> Since oh, yeah. it's Michael Jordan. They told me there was no black NASCAR fans, and I took that personally. <laughs> we already did this at the start of the show. And we can keep doing it. Keep doing it. Just please don't sign any sponsorship deals with any uh, pizza companies based in Salt Lake City. <laughs> or DC Solar. No. Ooh. Uh, on a related Ooh, yeah. note, on a related note, Ross Chastain now takes over the number 42 car for Chip Ganassi Racing. Oh, Melon Man's in the league! Yep, uh-huh. Melon Man's full-time in cup. Oh, God. Maybe sometimes Kismet is real for a change. Hmm. <laughs> Oop, still don't know who's going to be in the 48, though. Well, wait and see. well, we had a scare over the weekend, thanks to some asshole with the powers of Photoshop. <laughs> to Photoshop a line of oh. racing. A Lionel oh. Racing, and for those who don't know, Lionel Racing has the merchandise deal to make NASCAR diecasts. Um, a, a, a webpage showed up over the weekend of Kyle Larson to the 48. Yep, no. it, it had this was a oh. bunch of yet-to-be-released be Lionel diecasts that said, Larson 2021 Ally, and... <laughs> And it didn't have a car number there, but Ally currently can, sponsor a cup car. Jimmy Johnson's cup car. Yeah. Um, Lionel Racing quickly debunked this. And if y'all don't remember, Chevrolet cut all ties and want nothing to do with Kyle Larson. Now, King, tell me what cars Hendrick runs. For, for as long as we've been alive, they've run Chevrolets. For as long as they they have existed, they have run Chevrolets. And for as long as we exist, they will probably run Chevrolets. They are bowtie do or die. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Whew. Big story. Hope to keep our tabs on that one for you soon. I think it's about time we get out of here. This has been the longest run we've done, I think, since coming back. And I was quiet for over half of it. You're all welcome. (laughs) Places you can find us one more time. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Then you can follow our personal handles in the description on screen right now or at Harrison 101 HD at RJ O'Connell at Ryan Eric King and at CBuckley917. And if you'd like to follow us on, on, on Patreon, you can. You can back us financially on there. $5 gets you early access to all the audio shows. $10 gets you into the video shows as well, as well as to the access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to all of us talk about shit live as this goes out. Until next time, I've been Andre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan King, and Cam Buckley. We'll see you back here next week for more on MotoGP in Catalonia and Formula One and the Russian Grand Prix. I know, you're all really excited. Hey, we could Until be seeing then, history. Yeah, we could be seeing Lewis Hamilton tie the great Michael Schumacher's win record. And hey, if, if it makes you feel any better before we get out of town, Netflix is following the Mercedes team this weekend. Sayonara. Larry, y'all. Bye.
If the 18 KCMG car wins the Nurburgring, I'm going to walk out on the video show with a cigar and a solo cup full of Henny. <laughs> and then you're, you're going to read this translation of Cardi B's WAP, uh, but translated into a Boston accent.